Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, so Lombardi Line, as we welcome you in, I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. And Michael, as we say hi, you and I haven't seen each other since Monday. And since Monday, the NFL ecosystem has been flipped upside down, my man. How are you doing? I am good. I am good. Yes, we have. Uh, we go away for a couple of days. It's you know, and next thing you know, the whole thing falls apart. I mean, you know, it's amazing. It's just amazing. And there's so much to talk about. That damn Tom Brady goes ahead and quit. He's still in the prime of his career. What's he doing? You know. And then, of course, we got the Brian Flores thing, which is fascinating to me because, you know. I was just sharing this on my podcast. I was, I'm almost like an innocent bystander in this. At 5.30 last Friday night, Patrick, I was on the telephone. And I was sitting in my office actually rewriting. And my phone rings. And it's Brian Daybolt, who I was giving crap to because he went underground on me. You know, which most of these guys that are up for jobs, they always sure. go underground. You, you can't get them. I mean, you know, you got a better chance at getting... Batman than you do getting these guys. You got to put the bat light up, Commissioner Gordon, Chief O'Hara, everybody's running around trying to find these guys, right? So anyway, my phone rings and we start having a conversation. 530. I I actually took a screenshot of it because it was so, this was really kind of weird. So at 530, we talk and, and, and he's telling me and he doesn't have, he doesn't know anything. He's supposed to go to Miami for an interview. He's this asking, is Friday night. Friday night. He's asking me about all the things that are going on. You know, what about Miami? What about uh, what about the uh, you know, what about the, the the Giants? What do you like about this? You know, what do you think? And kind of picking my brain on what job I would take if he was fortunate enough to get offered one. And he said, like, I don't know if I have any of them. I may not. Get, I may get shut out. I know I have a I know I have an interview in uh, I have an interview in Miami next Tuesday. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Right, we hang up. I'm done the phone call at, say, 6 o'clock. I go upstairs. Millie's cooking dinner. I sit down on the couch. I turn on the TV. 18 minutes later, I get a text. Somebody tweets. Somebody sends me an Ian Rappaport text saying Brian Dayball is going to be the next head coach of the New York football Giants. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I just got done talking to him. He gave me no indication whatsoever that he had that job. None. And so, and then, then, you know, okay, I, I don't think anything of it. Cause sometimes, you know, what happens is your agent might be talking to them and then they don't tell you, you got the job until you literally got the, until they make a contract, you know? 
So I don't think anything of it. And then, then you go on vacation and the whole damn league falls apart. So there's a lot to unpack there. And I'm sorry, my in-ear just went out. So I'm going to do the best to hear you, Michael. So this is Friday evening. And smartly, Dayball calls you. Nobody has more connections than you. And you're a good person that's kind of a sounding board. He calls you and then all hell breaks loose after the conversation. Now, I'm not pointing to you. I'm just saying yeah. the, the, the way that this transpired. And then Brian Flores with the bombshell earlier this week where he has filed a lawsuit against teams, against the NFL for systemic racism, and the owner of the Miami Dolphins, which was the biggest, I guess, indictment outside of the sociological issue, is the competitive issue, and that is that he was offered money uh, to tank. It's so ironic, isn't it, Michael, that the NFL tried so hard to distance themselves from gambling for years and years because they were concerned about collusion or in some sort of shady behavior when it was right under potentially right under their nose within the one of their 32 franchises. I digress. Were you shocked to hear about the Flores lawsuit? Really surprised because you and I, for every show, we have defended the Miami willingness to want to try to compete. Did we think they were tanking, at least from my viewpoint, and I don't want to speak for you, at least from my viewpoint, they were trying to win. They were trying to install a culture. They were trying to redirect a franchise. And let's put some things a little bit in perspective here. When this was going on, this tanking, it was tanking for Tua. Remember this now. If we go back to August of 19. Joe Burrow was just a good player at LSU. He wasn't the first pick overall in the draft. He certainly wasn't going to be a first-rounder. I think, and I haven't checked this, but I'm sure I will, but he wasn't in Todd McShay's first round, nor was he in the Mel Kuyper's first round. That just wasn't a conversation. He was good, wasn't great. That's true. All the conversation in 19 about tanking was for Tua. Tank for Tua. We got to get to a, and so now we're using revisionist history to look back and saying they were tanking for Burrow. Okay, did they try to trade a couple draft picks to the Bengals for Burrow? I'm sure they probably did once they realized how good Burrow was. But in eight, in August of 19, Burrow was just a blip on the map. He wasn't really the guy. And we spent, and at least I did, I spent most of that season defending them as they installed their culture. I'm going to ask a couple of tough questions. You can handle them. As somebody that's built a career around this league, okay, in the Shield, uh, were you shocked to hear allegations that an owner would be offering money to a coach? Now, these are allegations, and Ross has come out and steadfastly denied them. Were you shocked to hear this? You know, I, I really was because there is, you know, especially at a six-figure number for because how do you, you know, this isn't Tony Soprano where you've got a bunch of cash back in the in the duck feeder, you know, where you're just not going to pass out money. I mean, like there is there's a there's a transactional occurrence that has to happen. There's a trail. Yeah, logistics has to go down. This is weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no. Swiss bank account that's money getting deposited in someone else's name. I mean, yeah, so it just to me, in all my years in the league, I have never really heard the word, let's go tank. Now, it's popular in the NBA and there is such a, a an NBA lens put on the NFL by commentators that 
that view the NFL and the NBA in a similar light. They're completely different leagues. So that being said, I've never heard that before, nor would I have heard it. The Hugh Jackson charges, I can speak to a little bit closely because I was with Jimmy Haslam. I watched him suffer through the painful losses. I watched how angry he got every time we lost. Did he want to have a high draft pick? Yeah. There's no doubt he wanted to get a quarterback. There's no doubt. But he was not willing to just say, at least when I was there, and I wasn't with Hugh Jackson, at least when I was there, the losses were really painful, not only for him, for his wife and his entire family. And he's run it back a little bit. You know, Jackson immediately came out and said, I have receipts. And then he went on and said, well, there wasn't a specific amount offered by Haslam. And he's a little convoluted. What he's saying, he was 336-1 and one in his tenure there with the Browns. A little convoluted with what Jackson is saying here. I think what he's trying to do is blame the losing on the philosophy. I think you're right. I think and, you're right. And, 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 and certainly he's entitled to that. But if the philosophy was so disingenuous to him, he should have resigned. He should have walked away. That's right. You know, and you say, well, that's easier said than done. No, well, if you're going to put the losses on my one loss record, then I, I can't really stay. I, I think Hugh, like a lot of us, think the owner, when, and I've been down this road, so I'm not, I, I can understand where Hugh's coming from, where you, the owner says we're all in this together and then he throws you off the boat. I get that. I get that completely, right? That has happened in my career and that's happened, I'm sure, in Hugh's career. But if it's so bad, you really have to raise a stink and document it. Like, look, if you're going to make me lose here, then I want X, Y, and Z. And you can't have revisionist history. Look, the lose, the lot, look, they went all analytical, which he approved of. They decided to trade the pick that ended up being Deshaun Watson for, because they didn't think the analytics didn't think he was a good enough quarterback. And he was on board with that. And he was there for the Baker Mayfield pick. Did he make the pick? I think he had great influence. Did they pass Josh Allen? I think he had great – I don't know. John Dorsey would know. I, I talked to numerous people in the league that thought that maybe Dorsey was – Dorsey was really more of a – of a, of a Josh, fit his profile. I don't know where they were, came up with Baker Mayfield. I don't know that. I think – and let me say this, Michael. I'll keep it from you. I think it's odd for Hugh to stand on this merit and principle – that was dug by Flores, meaning if you this was your character back then, you should have walked away from the Browns. And all of a sudden, right. it's opportunistic for you to jump on the merit and principle built uh, by the lawsuit filed by Brian Flores. It seems a little opportunistic, no? No doubt. No doubt. I, and it seems like it's opportunistic and the perfect timing to generate some media flow for you. The week of the Super Bowl. And look, I, I mean, if Hugh has a beef and he suffered through the losses, and he was promised something, you know, that he felt he should have gotten or was was being dis, being lied to, you know, then he should have said something the day he left. And I think, to me, this is a tack-on to the Flores, which – and then he said he had receipts, and he doesn't. So, like, what is it? Do you or don't you? Like, yeah. I think, to me – Again, we don't have money in a duck feeder. We're not putting money around back and wrapping it. You know, we're, we're not, like, uh, doing that. So, like, how does this money transfer itself? Now, I think what Flores is saying is that he said no to it. Flores is saying there's no way I'm, there's no way I'm tanking. And so there is no transaction between that. So I understand that. 
So to be clear, Hugh Jackson has accused the Browns of incentivizing losses during the 16-17 season. Then he walked it back a little bit yesterday. So those are murky details. One thing we do know, and we'll come back and sp specifically focus on Flores, two of the 32 franchises are in some way being accused of something that is bigger than the game, right? So this is this be could become massive as this term plays out as far as the lawsuit and the continued accusations from others. I, it, it's, it, we're, we're, what are we, uh, Sunday, a week out from Sunday of the biggest game of the year, and it, we are mired in drama. And when we come back, we've got to continue. It is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry radio discover more shows and movies for free whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the big game's right around the corner. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. And if you're in town here in Nevada, bring your state-issued ID to any MGM property, and you're ready to bet within minutes. Got to be 21 years or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly, and if you do have an issue, it's 1-800-522-4700. Okay, we are settled in for the big game at four and a half. I'll get Michael's take on that in a second. Can I just mention this quickly? This is an insane promotion we're running, which I saw in our email from Bill AD this morning. Mm -hmm. So if you sign up for the daily newsletter, which is completely free, and it's kind of the menu for the day in sports betting. We cover everything. We give you the base to settle in as far as your handicapping for the day. You just go to vsin.com and you sign up for the daily newsletter. If you do, we're going to send you uh, the big game special. We're going to send you the big game. Uh, what, what, what are we calling it? I'm sorry. Oh, betting guide. Pardon me. Michael. So the SB betting guide, you know what I'm saying? As yeah, long as no. you sign up for the email, you're getting that for free. So, I mean, I, I, I was shocked when I saw that. So I just want to mention, if you go there right now, you're going to get the big game betting guide for free. Just sign up for the daily email. Okay. Um, so in 2019, there was a girl named Stephanie, but there was another girl named Stephanie in my phone. And I had a very, very awkward interaction with the wrong Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I, my are we heart. Sure we want to go here. I don't. Sure I know. I'm going to protect you. Trust me. But my heart 
hurt for Bill Belichick in so many respects because <laughs> when he wrote Brian as opposed to Brian, and we all know what we're talking about at this point. Now, that's over here. That did get used in the class action lawsuit that was filed by Brian Flores. The timing of it all is very interesting because Flores was still to interview with the Saints. Yeah. He was still to interview, I believe, with the Vike. I, I mean, were you shocked by the timing how this all played out? You know, I mean, two things. I was really surprised, and I like Brian Flores a lot, have great respect for him. I was surprised he violated a trust of his friend by releasing the text without asking him. I think that's kind of uh, uh, not fair. But in, in, in light of the circumstances that he felt he needed to do that, willing to do that. But what made me seem, the text seem we weird was that I, I, I read all this and had the phone call on Friday. So none of this made sense to me because unless Brian Daybald is a great actor, that Friday, which is before these texts all transpired, I, I was of the opinion that it was the job was open and nobody really knew and Dayball was sitting there waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And again, just so it, for me, the timeline, my timeline was vastly different because of my conversations with Brian before he was even asked to be the head coach. So I, I you know. Point being, you I, had again, a conversation with Brian Dayball on Friday that was very specific. He was not under the impression he was getting the Giants job. Right. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't know he was getting it. And I'm not implying. I'm just saying my conversation was very clear. And I came upstairs and, and I said to to. To Millie, I said, uh, she said, who are you talking to? I said, I was talking to Dayball. I said, I don't know. He's waiting to see what's going to happen down in Miami. I mean, literally, I left that conversation. And usually I'm pretty good at being able to read between the lines. Like, you know, but and I, I just felt like he was going to go to Miami interview and, and see what happened. Okay. You're good with the big picture. Does the NFL have – a specific issue with what Brian Flores is contending? I think there's no doubt that, that, that when you look at the league and you see some of the people that are getting jobs and the minorities are not being at least uh, interviewed to the level that needs to be, to promote it to the level that needs to be, there's, I've been saying this for years, it's dramatically wrong. And, you know, we have installed the Rooney rule to entice people to become aware of. You know, I wrote this for the Daily Coach, or we all wrote this for the Daily Coach, about the 37% rule, which to me is what teams should do. It's how the Colts found Frank Wright. Once you go out and interview 10 people, and you should interview 10 people from all walks of life, then you should have three finalists. And once you determine those three finalists, you should then go out and interview 15 more people to see if, if they can compete with any one of the three finalists or better than, right? So you're constantly doing it. Now, here's the biggest problem in the National Football League is they rely on the advice and counsel of other teams. So if you want to hire Brian Dayball from Buffalo, John Mara is going to call up the owner of the Bills Pagula, the Pagula family, his wife or him, and ask him, what do you think of Brian? Or call Sean McDermott, what do you think? There's no other industry that does this. There's no other, tell ABC doesn't call CBS to ask him what they think of Al, I mean, Amazon didn't call to see what they think of Al Michaels or Troy, you know, there's none of this exchange of data. 
And this data that operates behind the scenes is very influential. It, it could be completely wrong. I mean, in the case of Bill Belichick, let's take him. No one told Kraft to hire Bill Belichick after the 97 season. Agents, teams, Cleveland, all the calls he made around the league all said, no, Bill's not a good coach. Don't hire him. It'll be bad. So we let him go. He hired Pete Carroll. Two years later, he trusted his instincts. He trusted what he saw and hired him. And it was a Hall of Fame decision. But that's not how the league works. That's not how the league operates. The league operates through the recommendation of other people. And if you have a godfather, if you have a sugar daddy that loves you, you know, and you're going to be able to get in front of the right people. That's just the way it is. And, and it's unfair. The system is broken and unfair. And I've said it for years. But it was, it was unfair, not to the degree it is in terms of minorities. It was unfair back in 67 when Bill Walsh couldn't even get a head coaching interview. It's been, on, it's been this way forever, and as we add more minority coaches to the league, it's becoming even more unfair. It's a network that is probably smaller than most would realize, right? I mean, it is. It, it, there's a lot of relationships that are <laughs> ingrained. It's all about who endorses somebody. You, it's what we used to call sponsorship. You know, if you have sponsorship and you can win the election— you know, it doesn't matter if you're very, you know, George Allen used to say this all the time. You know, if you show up early for work one day and then leave your car there like George Costanza did before he got all those Chinese uh, menus put on the, t on the thing at Seinfeld, you're going to get that reputation for being a hard worker, even though you don't do anything when you get in the office. Right. It's gotcha. all about perception. It's all perception based. You know, and, and I think that, you know, when you look at some of the situations, I mean, Ryan Poles left Kansas City. He went to Chicago. He had, he had an opportunity to interview whomever. He was there before they named the coach. And I think the three finalists in Chicago were David, were, were Jim Caldwell and Eberflus. I think it came down to those, and Dan Quinn, those three people. I would just like to say I this. Mean, they, they didn't interview, and, and they didn't bring, and they didn't bring the enemy in for an interview, and he's been with him. He was with him in Kansas City. Right. He was with them since 13. We, now, there's must, there was discord, obviously, with Flores and Ross, the owner of the Dolphins. I would like to say the Lombardi line and Michael Lombardi, we have receipts on the show, not text message receipts, but we have receipts on the show the day after you saying Flores should get a job immediately. Yeah, I, I mean, and I believe that. I believe it then. I believe it now. And I've also on record as saying that and based on who they're bringing back for second interviews, I'm, I can support this even wholeheartedly. Whomever they hire as the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins, whether it's Mike McDaniel or whether it's Kellen Moore, they will not be as good a coach as, as, Brian, as Brian Flores. No chance. Yeah, and you've said that consistently. And as a betting network and as a betting analyst, I will be anxious to watch these guys, and I will be probably thinking that they won't meet their over-under numbers for the season, their over-numbers for the betting pro public next year. Just want to say, if, if Brian, if you're paying to Flores, and I, we, we need to clarify what Brian we're talking about. We've learned that lesson. Uh, we, Lombardi, Michael Lombardi has receipts saying, dude, you shouldn't have lost your job, and you should have got a job immediately. So one of the nine yeah, openings. I, I, and, and I also said he didn't play nice in the sandbox, which has later come out that, that he feels that's one of the reasons why he got fired is because he didn't play nice in the sandbox. Now, what was the reason? He didn't want to tank, okay? But whatever it is. But Chris Greer... Who's there? Who hired him? 
they were a partnership, you know, and he obviously signed off on it. I don't agree with it. Hey, hey, you want a reminder? This hit me today when I saw it on Twitter. You want a reminder of life just flies by. 14 years ago today, Eli Manning to David Tyree. 14 years. Where does the time go, Michael? Well, where does it go? I mean, today, Buddy Holly, you know, crashed that plane in Clear Lake, Iowa. And that was the day the music died. And Don McLean was sitting in, in as a kid. And he wrote one of the greatest songs, American Pie, of all time. It's just amazing. Where does the time go, Patrick? I, gar- you I guarantee you, American Pie, that's a good little nugget. That has to be the most played at senior proms to this day. Bye-bye, American Pie. I mean, you know what? It's all because of the great Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper. That's right. And and Waylon Jennings got bumped off the plane. Thankfully for Waylon, absolutely. Good for Waylon. Yeah, fascinating. All right. Vinny is here. We'll jump into the betting. And, again, if you want that SB, you know, the big game betting guide, go sign up for the daily email right now at vcin.com. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, so this is pretty cool. You can join our very own Stormy Bonantoni on Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. for the Big Game Betting and Beers event. This is every year. Look at that picture. That's a pretty cool picture. And one of those guys right there on the left, that's Vinny Maliulo. He's going to be there. Vaccaro, Andrews, the legends are all going to be there. Stormy, also legendary, joined by our guys in the desert. Chris Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, Vinny Maliulo. As I mentioned, it's a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game and stories from behind the book, all about the action these legends have seen over the years. The event is free for everyone over 21. So stop by the South Point on Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. to get free samples of Bookmaker Blonde Ale, which is delicious. Specials on Budweiser, purchase signed copies of Chris's new books. He's got two of them now from behind the counter here. And learn from the, uh, from the experts. These events, Michael, are always a hit, and Stormy will add to that this year as well as we get you yeah, back here I on mean, the Lombardi I, line. You know, Patrick, I, was going, I go to my mailbox every day. I keep looking for Vinny's invite. I mean, I did that one time. I, never, I guess I must have been bad at that. I didn't get invited back again. I mean, like, thanks, Vinny. I mean, you know, it's a way of saying you were bad and we don't want you ever again. I, but we know it's Stormy's hey, network, hey, so what can I tell you? Michael, can I tell you? I think one year it said join Patrick Maher and the legends. Now it just says Stormy. And I'm fine yeah. with it. I'm just saying. We're just. We're, we're, just, just, we're just. What are we? We're just basic, is what we are. Can I, I, mean, can, I like, uh, can I? Can I? Can I just make it official? Well, you're being rude to my guy. Do you have an? Ex- well, apparently excuse? I'm being rude to you too. But I'm just here to tell you. So you know, this is all this. Forget this hearsay. You're hearing it right from me. Standing invitation to you too. No, that's you guys, so, that's, that's such a cop out. Oh, such yeah, a cop out. Yeah. Oh, look, poor we me. Want, we want to be treated with pomp and circumstance. You uh, do. Mike, Michael Lombardi deserves it, and yeah. I'm, I'm I'm grabbing his coattails. Yeah, well, take it yeah. easy, fellas. Uh, you can be there if you so choose. You're more than welcome. Would love to see you. It's How's a that? it's a great uh, event. You can t- you can speak a little on this because <laughs> you've did done it, it once, every year. But you know, yeah. I did it once. I got thrown off the stage. I mean, okay, we'll move on. Vinny, it's good to see you anyway. Well, I mean, I it's good to be you. here it's with okay. you guys as always. Uh, <laughs> but you guys, no, we'd love to have you guys. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of we have fun with it every year, and this year I, uh, the giveaways uh, are going to, you know, uh, are going to be even uh, even better. So, in fact, after this spot here, I've got a meeting to go over uh, some of the. But I'll give you an idea. Um, 
some food and hotel stays, giveaways, things like that uh, for the folks that are in the audience. And l- Andrews has lapped Lombardi on the books. Michael, you got to catch up now. So you you had your bestseller. You had Gridiron Genius. And then Andrews wrote the book from behind the counter. And then he wrote another book because of what happened during the pandemic. Yep. And so those books will be available there. But you've got a book. Are we going to get the book in 2022? My book? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come out, I think, in October of 22. It's, it, we haven't come up with the right name for it yet as, as I continue to write it. But I, I'm going to be hopefully done by March 1. That's when I have to he- send it off to the publisher. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of book, too, Patrick. It's a book about the Hall of Fame, but it's also going to be not a coffee table book, but it's going to be a book that can continue on. It'll be evergreen. How did you That's name Gridiron? I yeah, I like that. How did you name Gridiron I, Genius? I, I didn't name Gridiron Genius. I wanted that title to be uh, the Bills of Rights because the book essentially is about Belichick and Walsh. And when you're in the book business, sometimes you don't have a say in what the name of the title is, you know. And so, you know, I, I just they went with Gridiron Genius. I I wanted it to be plural. I lost that argument. And so I, I still think the book should have been the Bills of Rights. But anyway, I like life goes on. I like both. And uh, it's a great you should check it out for for those that are audibly inclined. You can download it on Audible. Um, well, nice to see you. You mentioned on the way in, Mr. Maliulo. Yes. That you've either bet or booked every single one of these big games coming up. Uh, yeah. What are we, 10 days away now? Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing when you think about it. When I was a kid, I mean, obviously the first two, uh, it was all about Vince Lombardi. He was from uh, Never heard of him. Brooklyn. And uh, so we, uh, we were kind of root for the pack. And then, of course... I've told uh, the story a few times about Super Bowl three with uh, with Broadway Joe and the guarantee. And I'm a kid sitting there and, I, you know, the, the Daily News and New York Post. And you see this this headline in the back. You know, the sports headline was always, is always uh, still on the, uh, on, the, on those uh, on the post. Um, the, pay, the, the headline uh, Jets 18 point dogs. And I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what? What? I'm, I'm like, so I turned to my father and I said, Hey Pop, let me ask you about this. What's the story with this with this headline here? And he says he's just shaking his head and he says, "You don't don't worry, don't pay any attention to that." I said, "Well, I have to, Pop. I gotta really understand it." So he explains it to me, and uh, says, "Well, you know, you got your uncles out there and his buddies and in in, uh, in Vegas saying that you know the the Colts are, are gonna you know be that much better or that much better than the Jets." So I'll sit there and for a second I ponder and I I said, "So let me get this straight, Pop. The Jets could lose, but we could still win." He says, stop hanging out with your uncles. Uh, <laughs> you better pay attention in school. Of course, it was, the, it was the new math that I understood. That's what we call a very slippery slope because the rest uh, yeah. is history for yeah. young Vinny Maliulo. That's right. It all took off you, from you, you know, Vinny, in, in doing research for this book, you know, I think that number closed at 19 and a half. And I was just writing about Chuck Howley, why he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, the Dallas Cowboy linebacker. And they played Super Bowl V, which was two years later, with against the Colts. And the Cowboys were uh, a two-and-a-half-point dog going into that game. It's amazing. You can find the lines on these if you go to pro football uh, statistics, recent yeah. re- reference. It's, it's, they go through the games. And that game was called the Blunder Bowl because it had so many turnovers. And mm-hmm. that game closed with the Colts' Jim O'Brien's kick at the end. But Howley was named. How about this? Howley was named the MVP of the game on the losing team. 
Could you imagine him staring into the camera after that and they give him the MVP trophy and say, I'm going to Disneyland even though I didn't win, you know? <laughs> I will tell you this. The other part about that game, you mentioned the point spread, Michael, and it was my first lesson in in shopping for price. So I'm like, what? So my my Uncle Tony, who was absolutely, you know, he, he's probably single-handedly paid for any renovations at Aqueduct in Belmont over the years. <laughs> but so he says, I got a guy I got a guy in Philly. I got anyway. a guy in Philly who's got a guy in Baltimore. Now the game in Baltimore was actually you know, obviously higher because you know of regional bias, you know, much more regional bias because I got a guy in Philly who's got a guy in Baltimore. And I'm thinking, how my uncle Tony, like what, what are you doing? You're hanging around Coney Island. You got a guy. Don't worry about it, kid. Don't worry. <laughs> it is it is it in that by the way, in Weeb Eubank, who I'm sure you've Head talk, coach, you've yeah. probably written about one of the great. He is probably so underrated as far as what he did, the championship in Baltimore as well, right, Michael? No doubt. Well, well, Weeb was a 500 coach, but he won two of the biggest games in the history of the league. He won the 58 game against the, the with the Colts beat the Giants in, in Yankee Stadium in that game in the overtime game where Unitas basically called the game down the field, and then he won this. Then he won Super Bowl three. Yep. You know, and so he was a product of the Paul Brown school. He's from that system, and you know he went on to have great success, and you know, and then he got. You know, and then Shula came in to take over the Colts after he had a disconnect with Carol Rosenblum and Don McCauley took over. You know, it goes on and on. But, yeah, no, there's no doubt. The two biggest wins that he could have. And one of the things I do in the book is I talk about why coaches, you know, there should be, there should be a criteria for a coach getting in. It shouldn't just be arbitrary. It should just be, well, you want a Super Bowl, you're in. You know, it's got to have a win percentage attached to it. Uh, we will get to, and it's four and a half this year's iteration yep. mm -hmm. of the big game. Mm -hmm. Are there, as a bookmaker, are there a few that stand out for you? Uh, you mean Super Bowls? Yeah. yeah I think uh, so. There's been some great ones. There was the, uh, of course, uh, Black Sunday, 1979. The uh, the Steelers and the uh, the Cowboys, mm -hmm. uh, where the game wound up on four. Steelers won the game by four and um, got middled on that game, which... At the time, was was significant, but if it would to happen today, with the amount of handles, <laughs> yes, it today, would be insane. <laughs> uh, would be even you know much more uh, much more impactful. Um, there was, uh, uh, of course, where where props really started to take off. Super Bowl Twenty. Uh, with uh, William the Refrigerator Perry, you know, will he or won't he score? Uh, actually, won't. I mean, it was just a one-way prop for Fridge to score. You know, William Perry to score a proposition, and uh, they get open like and he 50. did, and he did. <laughs> yes. Of course, Walter Payton didn't. Uh, but you, you know, I remember the roar of just not before he even scored the touchdown. I remember the roar of just him. They showed the, him headed to the to the huddle. Uh, and, and and everybody was just anticipating that, you know, yeah, he was going to get the ball, which he did, and he scored. Uh, but really that t had proposition bets really vault, you know, and after that every year we, we added props. Of course, now you got hundreds of props. Um, the great refund, uh, the year when um, uh, the, uh, the Patriots beat the Packers and it fell 14. Yep. And – I spent like we spent like a day and a half just refunding everybody, and I put up next year's Super Bowl 
I was at Caesars, and we put it up. And as people were getting their refunds, they said, oh, well, let's bet next year's game now. We wrote like six figures on the game. So well, it was pretty amazing. We'll, we'll, we'll come back and discuss. Yeah. Michael brought up uh, Super Bowl three as far as a long number. Yeah. I'm just thinking top of mind. Bobby Ross and the Chargers, Chargers. against the 49ers. Is yeah. that the second longest? Yeah, that was uh, yeah number two. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll come back and continue. We've got four and a half right now on the board here at the South Point as far as this year's edition. We continue with Vinny here on the Lombardi line. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer NBA tonight. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win 200 bucks paid for in free bets. Just use that bonus code VSIN200, VSIN200 when you make your first bet. BetMGM proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. You think we'd ever say that? My goodness. Uh, download the app or go to betmgm.com and use that code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets. Got to be a new better. It's 21 years or older over at BetMGM. Again, rewards issued as a non-withdrawable free bet. On-site credit, you get 200 bucks free in your account. 1-800-GAMBLER if you do have an issue. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas, along with legendary bookmaker, yes, I said it, Vinny Maliulo, who joins us. So you open four. Yep. And uh, everybody's four and a half, pretty mm -hmm. much 110 as far as the juice, 49 and a half as far as the total opener with the Rams in Cincinnati, down to 48 and a half. Tell me where I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong at all, actually. Um, you know, the look ahead on this, too, remember uh, going into the title games last week, uh, Chris Andrews, our director here, you know, we had posted uh, look ahead numbers, right? Depending on how, you know, whatever, you could pick which matchup. And you, you were locked in on that price. Um, the Rams were uh, a field goal. Uh, in in this game, that's but, right. Um, you know, the second game always has the most impact on the opening number two for, for, from a perception standpoint to the uh, to the betters. And um, so when uh, you know the Rams won that game and came back, uh, even though you know it was a dropped uh, a dropped interception, it certainly contributed to that. But uh, open four, and uh, they they laid four. Uh, we're up to four and a half. Uh, they did lay the money line as well. Of course, the money line correlates uh, somewhat to, to the uh, to the game. I say somewhat because in the Super Bowl, uh, typically there'll be uh, dog money on the money line, which I think will still come. But the money line is up to two dollars, and the total 
from 50 down to 48 and a half. Now, a couple of things that will probably change about this game more so, uh, you know, will the, will the point spread change? Yeah, maybe. Maybe go back to four or could it go higher perhaps. But um, the underdog typically gets bet in the Super Bowl on the money line, and uh, I think we'll see some over money as well as we get uh, closer to, uh, to game time next week. And, again, let's remember, um, you know, you still have – 90 better than 90 percent of the money to come in on this game we're oh, still yeah. putting props up i mean we're up to uh, uh about i was know, just going to ask 15, you Vinny, what yeah. day do you re- do you release the props on tuesday right actually because when i was out there when yeah. i was invited to beers and and <laughs> but you know the before before i got off the list and stormy mm-hmm. came storming in uh i i thought it was tuesday right actually we we wound up putting up some props uh, last monday you know michael what there's the props and i don't want to trivialize the the pricing of it the prices are so much easier. it's the formatting right you've got to get sheets you've got to get them loaded in the system you've got to get stipulations done and everything like that and a lot of them are pretty are um you know standard and everything but you still it takes time to get them loaded in the system and everything like that so what we've done is just every day gradually put them up so and i think a lot more places are doing that as well uh so we had some up on monday uh, and now we're up to, oh, gosh, about 14 or 15 pages and continue to load in prices and things like that, including next year's uh, Super Bowl futures, uh, which are uh, which are up. Hey, Michael, Amazing. quickly, Bill A.D. Yeah. just said I, I'm, I can be an usher at this year's event. So if you do come, I'll find a seat for you at the beers. Yeah, events. I'm sure I'm sure I won't make it to the usher category. You know, long ago and far away, I've been forgotten. But that's all right. You know, we'll bounce back. It's always <laughs> I will say this. Back. It's I will never get about you guys back. I will get you guys in a booth. Can you I'll get say. us a ticket for a free Budweiser? <laughs> I'll, I'll get you. I'll get <laughs> yeah. you in a booth with a free Budweiser. Now, I don't know where the booth will be. I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm tr- I'll do yeah. everything I can to get it in the showroom. Uh, you are going to have a lot. This is a live dog as far as public perception with Burrow and Chase. I, you, there's going to be a lot of ML money coming in on yeah. the Bengals just because I think it's a team that people are kind of galvanizing around. You know, in, in the last segment, you were asking me, too, about some of the more memorable Super Bowls uh, from a betting perspective in particular. Patch. There was one. Remember the uh, uh, the Packers and uh, the Broncos, uh, 99, I want to say. Was it seven? Uh, or, Did it, the number close seven? Um, Eight? Maybe? Yeah, it was high. It was, it was, it was high. Might, it was, I might be off. No, no, it was double digits. It, was it 10? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, the uh, the Packers were significant favorites in that game. Outright win for the And Broncos. it was two-way action on the number. But the the, uh, the public did exceptionally well in that game. They bet the, uh, the Broncos on that money line significantly. And so... Um, yeah, that's there'll there'll be there'll be money line action on the Bengals in this game. Uh, are they? Yeah, they're a live dog. There's no question. That about was it. the uh, that was you know, the Elway just, helicopter, Michael. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, since Brady's retired, let's revisit his first Super Bowl. Right? He's a 14 point dog, and this team, Cincinnati, kind of reminds me a little bit of that that Patriot team where. Even though on paper you thought they, you know, they get the benefit of the tuck call, okay, that was, people think it was the right call, okay, whatever. And then we go next week, they get the Troy Brown return for the touchdown, and then they go in their 14-point underdog to the Rams, which Mm. to me was like, it has to be one of the biggest point spreads, Vinny, of any game, correct? Yeah, there there was, uh, you know, there's been some double digits uh, over the years. But, you know, if you remember that game, too, and I I believe that was uh, the game where the Patriots elected to be introduced as a team. As a team. 
Yep. And I, it, I think, you know, I remember that specifically, and it struck me as, wow, this, you know, you talk about, you know, a team that's right, you know, I mean, focused and on a mission here. Uh, and, of course, you know, they wound up uh, winning the game outright. For it, sure. it, it, you know, when you go back and watch the tape of that game, you know, the, 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 it is so everybody thinks Brady, he won the MVP of the game because he le- led the team on the last drive of the game. But, you know, he threw for 145 yards in oh, the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they only converted two third downs the entire day. They were two for 11 on third down. They only got 15 first downs the entire game and only had the ball for 26 minutes. Yet they managed the game correctly as a team. And because the Rams were so generous in turning the ball over, they were able to kick that field goal to win and start their dynasty moving forward, which is remarkable. So, you know, these th- this line, when I first saw you open this line at three, I thought, wow, that's that's way too – but I've been thinking that about the Bengals every single week, and yeah. it's cost me. Yeah. No, the Bengals are certainly uh... – you know, they've proven themselves uh, to be resilient. Uh, good team. Both teams appear to be pretty healthy. I think both tight ends uh, look like they're going to be able to go in this game. Uh, so, which is what you want. Um, and again, you know, the props, there's always something at stake, right? No matter how one-sided the game may or may not be. And you, you always remember uh, not just the betting on the game, but certain props. We had a uh, you know, when the Rams only scored three points uh, a couple of Super Bowls back, you know, there was a guy that uh, he won uh, six figures on it. Like, you know, you, you, there's always something in play in in these games yeah. with with that. And 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 the props have become, in some cases, uh, m- uh, more of a percentage to the bottom line than the game itself. And so um, that, that's what that's what really makes it exciting as well. So there, you know, and and very few people, if any, will just have a, a bet on the game. Or the total, everybody will get involved uh, with the props because pros will shop prices, and you know they'll look for disparity between statistic props, right, on a particular player. So, for instance, rushing yards. We may have rushing yards set at at one number. Another shop will have it set maybe six points difference, and there's opportunities there. You didn't have to wait long to pay off the plus money on the safety with the Broncos and Seahawks. Oh, a few sixty years. to one. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't have to wait long to yeah. pay that off, right? That's right. Peyton went down like a dead duck. Or, sixty to one. Or, or 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 the the one in in, in with the the in the game in Indianapolis with Brady. Mm-hmm. The most I you know what what I thought of when you were talking about Brady's uh, first Super where he didn't throw for much as he mentioned but it was the game winning drive also his most iconic celebration I'll always remember the two hands on the head and him shaking his head in disbelief <laughs> right isn't that the one yeah no doubt I think that's right yeah that's his first one and I mean look like who who wouldn't I mean this was the fastest this was the fastest show on turf I mean this was an offense yeah. that was 14 and 2 during the regular Incredible. season they they had just been explosive the game was played indoors it was perfect conditions you know you would think that 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 it would be more of a, a, a game that if you're going to beat the Rams, get them outside where the ball's hard to throw, all that. And they, they did it. 2017, they controlled the pace of the game. A lot of overbetters were bitter about that one. Yeah. yeah so, but you were happy. Like said, I'm sure you well, guys cashed that. Like I that. said, there's always something at stake uh, with these. You know, no matter what the game st- uh, situation, what the score is, there's there's always a, you know, or pretty much always a prop that's going to be impacted right up until the final uh, final whistle. As far as handle, going to be the most heavily bet Super Bowl here. I don't know if it'll be the most heavily bet. I think we'll go. We'll get ahead of last year, which was uh, I want to say about 138. But I, I think. Uh, 
Um, I don't know if we'll get to a record, but I, the fact that it's in Los Angeles helps us regionally. Anytime it's on the West Coast, uh, always helps. So the fact that the fans are out. back. Gosh, yeah. last That's year huge. was yeah. so dead. Yeah. With no fans. We'll be packed here. We'll be at 100. Uh, percent Oh, they're, they're, yeah. they're going to come. I, come from I the bet buffet. Stormy will have a hell of a table. Stormy will have a hell of a table. <laughs> She'll have There's a good no seat. <laughs> We know yeah. that, and she deserves it. Hey, when we come back, thank you, Vinny. Appreciate it. Good to be you. with you guys. Uh, a Thanks, statement Vinny. from John Elway reacting to Brian Flores. I got that. And much more as we continue here on the Lombardi Line. Presented by BetMGM, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.